0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is a husband, a father, and one of the founding members of Extra- Extraordinary Investment Group, Mr. Nate Bennett. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate
1: that, brother Lamp. What's going on with you, man? I'm good, brother. How about you? Hey, man, just another day in paradise, man. Swimming in this pool of awesomeness I call life. <laughs> the so you did. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate you having me on your podcast, though, man. I'm, I'm it's my first podcast I've ever been on, my first interview. So, um, you know, you ain't giving me no kind of indication of what we're gonna be talking about. So, it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting interview, man.
0: <laughs> hey, look, well, first of all, thank you for agreeing to do it, and it's an honor to have you on, man. No doubt, no doubt. It let's talk, you, let's talk about the, about the extra, the, the extraordinary investment group. When did you gentlemen start it?
1: Cool, oh, cool. Yeah, so we just started that in 2020, um, and it was something that was in the making for a long time, to be honest. Um, a group of brothers I've known here in the in the Maryland area since. Uh, well, most of us went to high school together, or we know through uh, members that went to Morgan, um, and just you know, being boys just talking about stuff we want to do. We're getting older. You know, most of us are married or in significant relationships, got kids, just start thinking about legacy and, Hey man, you know, we got an idea. Oh, we we should do this. or we should do that. And, uh, when COVID hit, actually right before COVID hit, we really, um, started putting pen to paper and, and formulating a plan on, um, you know, just investments. Um, know a lot of us for years been saying we want to get into the stock market but didn't have the knowledge of it or some of us some of us had some slight experience but nothing you know professional or whatnot and um yeah we just we just got together and we're like hey let's let's make our own llc and you know we 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 got together got the mission statement down um which is, we're committed to investing in the financial futures of our partners and the communities in which we service through education and smart investment strategies. So, we want an education to be one of the staples, uh, whether it's formal education, whether it's um, ebooks, whether it's uh, podcasts. You know, you got a lot of podcasts and information out there that you can learn from. And, uh, and then giving back, you know, pouring back in, into our community with uh, smart investment strategy. So, um, you know, we just we just kind of put it together, man. It was, it was very authentic, very uh, organic, kind of grassroots thing. We, you know, looked up books on how to start an LLC. Um, Try to figure out which state to, to um, establish the LLC in, because some of us here are here in the DMV area. A couple of them are in north carolina we got one cat in, in atlanta so just kind of seeing what will make sense from you know taxes and all that good stuff and uh you know just start teaching each other just start teaching we're all learning together learning stocks what's the etf what's um you know different things within the stock market and, and a year later we're, we're here and we've we've done some events in the community and and as this this it's been really dope. It's been really dope. How
0: many? How many gentlemen? How many of you are part of the group?
1: So it was twelve of us total. Um, again, most of us went to to Paint Branch High School together, um, in Silver Spring, Maryland. Um, some went to Springbrook, who was our rival high school. Others we met through um, a couple of the cats that went to Morgan, and uh, a few cats in in down in North Carolina. But uh, again, we've all known each other. We all trust each other, um, and that was the main thing. We all knew that we can work together with each other. There's never been no real beef within our crews, and not, nothing but love. So it kind of made it easy for us to come together and 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 put something like this together.
0: Now I'll say this: twelve is a pretty large number. How do you how do you all make that work? Because that's a pretty big number
1: for yeah, for, facts, facts. for everybody to be on one accord. Yeah, no. I think we started with eight or nine, and then we said we wanted to cap it at ten because as we've been, you know, growing the investment group and and having the social media presence, you know, a lot of people are coming at us saying, "Hey, I'm trying to get down with the group. I'm trying to get down with the group." We like, man, like we we're at our capacity, and <laughs> you know, moving forward, we're we're gonna try to see how we can, um, you know, people can in, in, invest in the group, um as kind of silent partners maybe and we, you know, allocate money. But again, we, we, we haven't even got there yet. that will be somewhere down the line, but um, yeah, we, we're, we're capped off at 12 um, and these are all partners that put in a certain amount of uh, money every month. Um, You know, we started with, with a number um, and then we invest a hundred dollars a month into the, into the pot. And this is this originally we said, it's gonna be a five-year investment. Like all the money that goes into the group stays into the group. So we got to be committed for at least five years. So there was some cats that said, "Nah, I'm good off of that. I, you know, I'm, I, I'll support y'all from a distance." But that's not really what I'm trying to do. And we were like, "All right, cool." But this is something like long-term. And of course, you know, if something comes up, you know, we got hardships that that may happen. If someone can't invest in the group, or if someone needs to pull out, then we have all that. You know, in our in our founding documentation, um, but yeah, as as far as twelve people being in there, like, you know, not everyone shows up to the meetings every Tuesday. So we have, we meet for about an hour or two on Tuesdays to talk about, you know, what we're investing in on the for the week. We have our weekly watch list of things that we we we're looking at. We'll have a, a educational form where. We might do a training on Forex training. I've been trading uh, trading on the Forex market, uh, which is the foreign exchange and currencies for a couple of years. So I might teach the fellow something on that or one of the members might teach um, on wholesaling as far as with the uh, uh, real estate, how we can flip houses that way. Um, so everyone has their own specified job and role within the group and everyone's voice is heard and we all respect each other being that we, you know, we grew up together. So it's it's never um, any stepping on toe. Now, don't get it twisted. <laughs> we have some heated arguments sometimes on the weekly, uh, on the weekly meetings that we have. But at the end of the day, we don't take it personal. It's all love. We are brothers. And, uh, you know, we don't let none of that get misconstrued.
0: What you mentioned, you mentioned um, earlier that you gentlemen do community work. What are some of the things you're doing within the community?
1: Um, so again, getting back to our mission of, um, you know, investing into into the communities that we service, uh, which are our immediate families, of course, but then specifically the the black community. So we're all black men within the group, um, and we want to make sure we pour into our our youth and then in, into our black community. So um over Thanksgiving we did a food drive. Um, just put it out there. So we're collecting canned food, non-perishable items. Um, we linked up with the uh what organization did we link up with? Uh, one of the nonprofit organizations in uh in the in the DMV area and we donated some of the food there and then some of the food to a local church um, to where we put together bags and we, we were able to, to feed some families uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, which is really dope. Um, it can, again, it was it was really organic. We just said, hey, this is what we want to do. We put the word out to social media, that kind of snowballed from, from person to person and we were able to feed a couple hundred families. It was really dope. Um, so then we piggybacked off of that and said, "All right, let's do something for the kids for the holidays. We'll do a toy drive." So some of the people that heard about the food drive that we did came through and donated to the toy drive. So we donated from a few different organizations. Um, um I forgot what the tree is called. They have they, they have during the holidays they'll have like the gifting tree where you'll take an ornament off the tree and they'll have a kid's name with three gifts that they want. So we had uh. You know, gave to some of the kids over there at that school. Um, well, yeah, kids from ages two on the way up to like 13, 14, we gave a, a rack of gifts. And that was dope. Okay. Um, you know, coming up this summer, we're trying to do a cookout. And our actually big main event we're doing will be on Juneteenth um, in Silver Spring, Maryland at the People's Church. Um, to where we're going to have a Black Business Expo Wow! on Juneteenth. So it'll be about 30 or 40 vendors. We'll have food trucks out there. DJ, music, we'll be raffling stuff off. So just a culmination of Black excellence right there in one space to to celebrate Juneteenth, celebrate our independence, and, uh, you know, just support local Black businesses.
0: Wow, man, that's... That's an excellent idea, man. I really commend you, brothers, for doing that. I appreciate it. Let me let me get let me let's go to your earlier years. How would you? How would you? Who would you say was responsible for teaching you about finances?
1: Ooh, you trying to have you trying to (laughs) have me put my mom on the spot? Um, (laughs) but uh you know, my folks divorced when I was nine and my mother got custody of me, my brother and sister. Um, I was the oldest of three, we're all two years apart. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say times were harder, but up, up until the age of nine, like I knew, I don't know if I was, I was just naive about life. I was just kind of going, going about things. I just knew you had a mother, father, um, both of them served in the military. So we always lived on military bases around the world from Germany to Philly to Jersey. And, you know, that was just normal life. And I didn't think anything different until my mom had custody of us and was doing it by herself. And, you know, you forced to grow up and quote unquote be the man of the house as a nine, 10 year old. And I didn't know what that meant. No. Um, So my mom taught me how to spend money but she never really taught me how to save and you know years later when she got older as we you know have financial um, issues as adults with not understanding credit properly not um you know um, understanding 401ks and and all this stuff like you would hear people talk about it but I didn't have that set in stone you know she was like yeah I I introduced you to God and and I thank her for that because that's where I draw all my strength from um, the relationship I had with him, but she was like the all things I taught y'all. I never taught y'all how to really manage your money, and 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 I regret that. Not so you know, not to be so hard on herself, as if so many other things she did teach us. But you know, we just kind of had to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined the military right out of high school, so I kind of had the 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 comfort of the military to fall back on. You know, they they cover your meals, they cover your your, your housing, so pretty much all the money you got goes toward recreation, fun, partying, <laughs> food, you know, going to restaurants or whatever. So, um, you know, I never really thought about it until I got out the military and I didn't have that security blanket to fall back on and stuff, you know, that, that was, that was a, a, a interesting process, mm-hmm. even though, I had a job lined up when I got out already. I was working at the Pentagon, working in the pharmacy. That's my that's my background. I worked in, uh, I, I, I learned pharmacy through the military, and, and still do that today. <clears throat> but it, it was just an interesting transition, uh, not having that security blanket anymore. Uh, having to get my own health insurance, you know, going through that process. I didn't I didn't know how to get health insurance, how to shop for health insurance. What a PPO was versus the HMO and all that—I didn't know none of that. Mm. And the military had a program to help you transition out, but it was—it was very general. I think the only thing I learned in that class really was how to interview. They gave you like an interviewing class, interviewing skills, what to do during the interview, some of the questions, and and all that good stuff. But yeah, that was—that was it.
0: Did you have any fear about getting out?
1: Oh, uh, not per se um i mean it was some slight fear a little bit but again i already had a job set up on my way out um so so i went straight from the military being in the government to being a government employee Uh, Uh. so i you know from that shoot i've had a job and my boys tell you they joke with me all the time back when they were running you know having fun i was always at work you know i I started working (laughs) at mcdonald's at at Right on my fifteenth birthday, that was my first job. I worked there for a couple of years, you know. Moved up in the ranks to be a manager, so everyone in the in the you know the local area knew knew me as Calvin from McDonald's, flipping burgers, <laughs> helping folks out. Um, to bagging groceries at the grocery store, doing doing whatever, you know, cutting grass. I was a kid going door to door cutting grass in the neighborhood. So I've always had that that uh, hustler mentality per se. But um, so yeah, I knew. Whatever I did when I got out, I was gonna be okay. Okay, you know.
0: When did you start to figure it out financially?
1: Um uh, shoot, we still still figuring it out for real, for <laughs> real. Because you know, for every level, there's a new devil, to True. be honest with you. So like um It's not a lot of times people think you gotta have a lot of money to really be financially sound, but it's not. It's not about the money you have, it's the money that you're able to keep. Mm. So if you're making 50 a year, but your bills are only, you know, 20, you got an extra 30 to play with. Yeah. You know, but if you're making, 75 a year and you spend spending 65 you only got 10 10 grand a wiggle room then you're, you're not you know the person making that 50 is in a better situation Man. um and you know growing up i don't want to just attribute this to the black community per se but we weren't given knowledge on stock market on investing we were taught you know say have a savings account or maybe, yeah. maybe if maybe if you're lucky, like a Roth IRA, an IRA situation or a CD and put your money over there and help that get two to three percent interest. And that, you know, that was it. You know, don't squander all your money had that that, uh, that savings. But we were we were never really taught how to have our money work for us. At least I wasn't. And the people around me weren't. No, I agree uh, with you. I, I wasn't either. I agree with you. So, uh. <laughs> So, yeah, now that, you know, I'm older, I'm making more money. Um, it's what I do with that money to help that make money for me. Um, also, it, you know, I, I've, I've done some network marketing in the past, and I know network marketing gets a bad rap. Uh, but having residual income is, you know, having, you know, doing something once and getting paid for that over and over and over again on a, on a weekly or a monthly basis generating more income can benefit folks. Um, again, having, you know, what you do with that money is, is also important, but um, I, I did learn something along the way about, um, you know, extra streams of income, how millionaires, I think have an average of seven to eight streams of income. Um, I did learn that through the network marketing industry with a, with a couple of companies that I was, I was partnered with.
0: I'm gonna stay with that because it's interesting you brought it up because that's one of the things I've known about you you've always involved yourself in some type of network marketing um how are you comfortable with that because like you said it gets it always gets a bad rap it gets a bad stigma but yeah. you you know how are you able to maintain like being comfortable with it
1: um so I was anti. Uh, network marketing for a long time because I told you my my parents separated when I was young and you know I'm okay with telling the story because I've told my dad the story before but I felt like um, growing up he was always trying to get me into network marketing so I I had more of a business partner than I had an actual father you know um, and only time he would come around in my older years when he wanted to pitch me something so. Um, I don't know if you remember. Oh, what was that business? It was like insurance. I forget what the, the company is called. Primerica. The only reason Primerica, there you go. I was gonna say the only reason I can't remember is because I'm on this podcast right now. But uh <laughs> he signed me up with a um no no no, no prepaid legal, that's what it was, not america prepaid oh, okay. legal. He set me up with a prepaid legal uh account at 18 when I turned 18. Um and You know, albeit I did use the service, I got a traffic ticket when I was stationed out in Fort Lewis and, um, you know, called them up and they sent a lawyer on my behalf to go ahead and and take care of that for me. So it was a good service. But again, just getting back to the marketing portion of it, being an entrepreneur, like my dad was always pitching, 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 pitching. And I was like, until we had a conversation years later, I was like, look, dude, like, I love you, but I don't want a business partner. I want a father. So unless you hit me up, asking me how I'm doing, how my family's doing? Actually, this is before I even had a family. I was like, I, I don't, you know, just keep the network marketing over there, you know. And I always had the the same mindset from the outside looking in. All oh, those are scams. Those are pyramid schemes. Only people at the top make money. Everything you hear from people who've never done it, but having an opinion on, you know, is what I heard. Until his wife approached me about it. About another company before, and I was like, "Man, ain't this some mess?" <laughs> he didn't. He didn't want to do it. He had his wife hit me up about it, and, and <laughs> him and my wife got an amazing relationship, right? So I'm like, I remember the call. I was in my car. I, I, it's one of the moments where I took the phone from my ear and looked at the phone, like, Man, "This, this Joker right here is hilarious." <laughs> but um. So she assured me. She was like, "Oh, you know, I, I told her we had that conversation years ago." She was like, "You know what? I I did. I never knew." Uh, so I apologize. Like I'm I'm really coming from the heart, you know, with this because I think it's something that you can flourish with. So oh, I, okay, I said, so I'll,
0: let me stop you. So she genuinely reached out. It wasn't because of him.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't because of him. She didn't even oh, know. Okay, he, okay. he, he didn't even know. <laughs> he didn't even know. And, and 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 yeah. So to this day, she was being genuine. Um, okay. Because he, he he was kind of doing it on the side without her knowing anyway. And then oh. she found out about it. And the first person she, you know, one of the first people she thought about was me. So then she reached out to me. Um but again, so I put my ego to the side, looked at the information. I was like, all right, cool. You know, they were having success with it. Um, they had earned um at the time they had some promotion where you could earn a vehicle within a, a certain amount of time if you meet these ben- benchmarks. They had the vehicle. I knew it wasn't, you know, they weren't just hyping my head up. So I was like, all right, bet. You know, teach, teach me the ropes. I'll do exactly what you tell me to do. I'm a sponge. I'm, I'm not a, a stranger to hard work. That's one thing my mother did instill in us um, from back in the day, from when she used to write chores on the back of the envelope when she went to work and put that bad boy in the refrigerator. <laughs> and if them chores wasn't done, by the time she got home, it was going to be some furniture moving. So yeah, that, 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 that's the kind of hard work background i come from so um i was like all right let's do it so you know i jumped in didn't really understand what i was doing it was just like hey reach out to people share the information don't try to sell it to them you know you'll be good at that because you're never i don't i don't like sales people and i don't like to feel. no one likes to be sold to yeah but if you're sharing information with folks and helping them understand how it could possibly benefit them then that's different you know, sharing and selling are two different things. We share stuff all the time. We share good movies, good restaurants, new phone. new sh- You know, I'm a sneaker head. Oh man, I got these new kicks. These ones are comfortable. We do that all day. You don't expect nothing. But the sign, the, the moment we feel like we are being sold to people retreating like, oh man, hold up. Like what's, what's, what's your ulterior motive? They're looking at you sideways. <laughs> so they were like, just share information. Some people gonna rock with it. Some people gonna say no. Say, you know, talk, talk about you, call you all kind of names. The worst they could say is no. You know? So I was like, all right, cool. If this is gonna benefit my family, you know, at that time I was married. Um uh, my wife had a daughter. And were we yeah, actually, my wife was on bed rest with our daughter in the oh, hospital. Wow. She hmm. she uh she had some complications with our now seven-year-old. And that's when she called me about that. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm almost like a single dad right now. Like, like let me paint the picture. My wife's in the hospital. Um, she was about 33 weeks pregnant at the time. And she was expected to go full time. So she would have had to be in the hospital for about, you know, a month and a half or so. Damn. Um, so I'm like, man, like I'm, I'm a single dad. My, my my, old, my, my oldest, quote unquote, stepdaughter, but that's my daughter. Right, right, right. she had all kinds of activities. She was in Taekwondo. She was in dance. I think she was in photography at the time too, on the weekend. And I'm trying to juggle everything. And I'm like, yo, and then trying to start this business at the same time. So, you know, I had all kinds of free time to myself when my wife was in the hospital. So I just started doing what they told me to just sharing, just sharing. my lunch breaks I'm sharing with people at night up until midnight. I'm just sharing information through, uh, either picking up the phone or on social media, and then you know people started to believe in what I was sharing, mm. and uh, you know recruited a couple of people. Those people recruited a couple of people, and you know within fifty days I had earned that uh, car bonus. Um, actually, I earned an iPad within like the first month. Earned a car bonus, and you know I was off to the races. I was like, I right, bet, like, and I saw checks coming in you know i saw you know i was actually making real money and it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't fake so i was like all right bet the whole time i'm still not even understanding everything about the business um, <laughs> just keeping it real simple keep it simple kiss we hear we hear that all the time keep it simple stupid i just kept it simple and and, and didn't try to overthink it or recreate the wheel just did what they told me and and it worked so um, I've learned a lot through my network marketing experience, um, was able to um, build some amazing relationships with people making well over what I was making. Like I had millionaires on speed dial that, that were mentors to me that I could talk to, um, which I, ain't even, I didn't even think a millionaire knew me by name prior to that. But just changing the circle of people I was around on a consistent basis um, just just kind of changed my perspective on a lot of things
0: okay I want to talk about something that one of the things I really really admire about you. you're always supporting black businesses like every time I look up you're posting about one, you're talking about one like you are a huge supporter of black business. So I wanted you I wanted to ask you why is that so important to you personally?
1: Uh, again, that's the, the the network of people I'm around. So I, I got a shout out, uh, one of my best friends, he's an investment group member, Sean Sears. Um, it was black Friday, like three or four years ago. And he was like, man, why is black Friday only one day? You know what I'm saying? Like black Friday, like black Friday should be every Friday. We should support black business. So he's like, man, every Friday from now on, is, is, if it's up to me, I'm a, I'm a supporter of black business. I might not, I might not buy something, but I'm a, I'm gonna shout it out on social media or something, you know what I'm saying? So he he took a conscious effort like every Friday within our group chat. Hey, y'all check out this black business. So, hey, I support this black minute. So I drew a lot of inspiration from him in that. Um and yeah, every Friday we've been we've been going like three, four years strong now. Like every Friday is Black Friday. So on, on Friday, we try to support a black business. But um to answer your question, like. We we gotta save ourselves. You know what I'm saying? The black community, we always a lot of times wait for wait to get help and look for help from our our white counterparts and whatnot. When oh we 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 seen in Tulsa what we were able to do before back in the past. We seen, Mm -hmm. you know, the great strides we've we've had as as individuals and as a community, what we can do when 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 we when we bond together. And have a and have a master plan in place so yeah we 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 all about equity we all about um, making sure we all on the even playing field and we got to support ours first Effort. you know and, and, and we want to get rid of that narrative I just put a post on social media today asking people you know what um you know what's your apprehension with supporting black businesses and 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 what don't black businesses bring to the table because you hear this oh man if if you support a black business and something goes wrong maybe the customer service wasn't how it should have been or or uh uh you know their return policy was whack or, or you know whatever somebody had an attitude whatever the case may be first thing we we say as a black community see that's why i don't mess with them Black. <laughs> with, with, them, with them black businesses. Like, come on, man. That could have been it. Like, it's not just black folks. Like, right. No one, no one, no one in the black community has ever said, see, that's why I don't mess with them white businesses. Cause they say uh, you say uh, uh Verizon was screwing me over, or oh man, that you know, uh that company over there was messed up. You don't attribute it to that to a whole group of people, but for some reason in the black community. If it's a black, oh, I don't mess with that black. That's why I don't mess with black businesses. And we need yeah. to get rid of that narrative. Man. We need to promote and support and be patrons to our black businesses. At least give them a shot. Definitely. You know, and if and if they don't um, get your return business, then so be it. But if if we can help it, we should be supporting the the the, the black entrepreneurs. Definitely. I want I wanted to leave the listeners with
0: this question for you. The last question what do you because you have a you have a beautiful family you have a wife you got two daughters what is the legacy you're looking to leave behind for your family
1: man um just just something to be proud of something that they can build on something my daughters can build on i, I was listening to um a podcast not too long ago one of the brothers was talking about how in the black community you know once we make it as as young black men and women what's the first thing what's the first thing we tend to do is we reach back and um you know buy our mom a house or oh, i bought my mom a car we always looking to set up our parents for what our parents did to me and that's very noble but that's not how other communities do it. Other communities, like their parents took care of them already. So then they could take care of their kids and their kids could take care of their kids. So something to, something to pass down. I thought that was really poignant. I was like, all right, I, I, I want to set my daughters up with something so that once they become of age, that they'll be able to build off of the foundation that I set and, and, and move forward. So, um, that that's pretty much it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very egotistical person. Like, I I, I don't want, you know, murals and plaques and a statue nowhere. I just want the people that I love the most to know that I did everything that I could so that they could have the future that they they, they will have, that they have right now, that they will have going forward. That I worked hard, you know, but at the same time, I didn't put that first. Because a lot of times we, we get so lost in our work for the people, you know, trying to trying to better our situation for those that we love and forget those that we love. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I always um, I don't have no problem pulling pulling away from work to be an on-hands dad. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's our kids not going to remember the, the the money we spent. They're going to remember the time that we spent with them. So I, I make sure that's always a priority um, when I'm dealing with my daughters. Damn, man. That's, that's a that's a beautiful way to close it.
0: And before we close it, man, let me say this. I wanna I wanna thank you so much, man. Um,
1: you've been quick. one of my biggest seamless.
0: supporters, huh? I said that was quick,
1: that was seamless. That, 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 that time went by real fast,
0: you know? It definitely, look, I, before we end this, man, please let me say thank you so much, brother, because you've been one of my biggest supporters. You've been sharing my work. You always give me feedback. And it may seem small to you, but it's the world to me, brother. And I appreciate it. And even the other people that you continue to support, like I'm always observing and watching. And that's why I was honored to get you on my platform because I know what the solid man you are. So I truly appreciate you doing this for me.
1: Damn, you're making me sound like I'm somebody important, man. No, I, I, important, I appreciate brother. you. No, but at, <laughs> at the same time, I appreciate you sticking to it because nowadays everybody got a podcast. Everybody got a business. so. I'm not going to say I didn't think it was going to go nowhere. I was just like, oh, okay, they go another one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you stuck with it. And you kept bam, bam. And I'm listening. I'm like, and you can you can see the maturation process too. You becoming a better interviewer, or orator. You asking like pointed questions. You do your research on your people that you're interviewing. Um, so yeah, man, I, I salute you. Because if, if you didn't stick with it, this would have never happened. So
0: keep doing yeah, yeah. what you do, man.
1: I draw inspiration from you too.
0: Hey, brother, we're just going to keep inspiring each other, brother. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Before we end this, let's make sure we let the people know how they can um, follow you and, and stay in contact.
1: Oh, no doubt. Um, you can find me on, uh, well, let me let me plug the investment group first. Uh, right. Extraordinary That's what investment I group. <laughs> yeah, it ain't me. You got to follow me. But uh, Extraordinary Investment Group. Um, you can find us on Instagram at invest with E-I-G and uh, also on Facebook, Invest with EIG. And also, if y'all are, are Black businesses in the DMV area, you know the significance of Juneteenth, come out to our, our Juneteenth Expo. Um, you can get you a table if you want to be a vendor. Again, we got a bunch of Black excellence that's going to be on display out there uh, for Juneteenth. So. Um, but yeah, that's about it. And I, I run the social media for uh, the investment group, so if you wanted to reach out to me, you hadn't um, questions about investing, you know, finance, all that good stuff, you can you can hit me up at the investment group page.
0: All right. Again, brother, thank you for for your time and thank you for everything you do. And I wish you and your group all the best. Likewise, Lambert. Appreciate you, brother. All right. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I truly appreciate all your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. I'm also on Facebook, Conversations with Lamp. You can listen to the
1: podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great day.